Welcome to Research Conversations, a podcast powered by the Digital Legal Lab. Today on our podcast, we have Brenda Espinoza. Brenda Espinoza is a postdoc researcher affiliated with TILT at Tilburg University. She holds a bachelor's degree from Universidad Externado de Colombia and an LLM diploma in international business law from Tilburg University. As of July 2022, Brenda has joined the research project Megamind as a postdoc researcher to investigate the legal and ethical challenges of using artificial intelligence in the context of smart electricity grids. Brenda's field of expertise and interest include business law, law and technology, the regulation of network industries, and data governance. Hi, Brenda. Hi, guys. Hello, Amen. Thanks a lot for uh, your invitation. I'm super happy to be here. It's almost like a dream come true. As you can see, I have my uh, microphone here. So this is my first time in a podcast episode. So this is very, very exciting for me. I have been very interested in your work, especially in terms of publications. And I'd just like to, I think, in the beginning, kind of understand that we hear a lot about AI. There's so much hype online. We hear so many different perspectives. There's so much content being put out. But I've never heard of AI in the energy industry. How does that work? Yeah. So just to give a a bit more background to our conversation today, um, today I want to talk to you guys about uh, my research on uh, AI in the energy sector, in particular uh, in the context of the energy transition. And today specifically, we'll be talking a lot about uh, energy justice and um, everything that I will share with you today is based on a paper that I've written together with Meryl Norman and Saskia Labreisen, also colleagues from the Tilburg Institute of Law, Technology and Society. Uh, so this is a very uh, relatively long intro to, to start with the more um, specific part of the answer. So Basically, what's happening is that, uh, well, AI, as you know, is a technology with several applications and in different sectors, for instance, in, in the financial sector, in the health sector, but also in the energy sector is being used quite a lot, or at least a lot of research uh, is being done to exploring which ways AI can help to deal with some of the challenges of the energy transition. So um, maybe that's also an expression that we hear more and more uh, all around us, this idea of the energy transition. We're moving towards uh, a society and an economy where our energy systems are um, less based on fossil fuels. We're moving to cleaner and renewable energies. But that's all very nice, but it also comes uh, along with different challenges. Like, for instance, before we all got our energy from these big power plants. And now, for instance, we have uh, the possibility of having solar panels on our roofs or um, windmills uh, obtaining energy for uh, for our consumption. Right. So it's more decentralized and at the same time also more volatile because, well, solar panels and windmills they are largely dependent on weather conditions. So this, uh, uh, together with the fact that um, many sectors are becoming more electrified in the sense that they're uh, stopping to use these fossil fuels uh, and more moving towards electricity. So there are lots of pressures for the energy systems to provide us with enough energy. And there's a promise uh, that digital technologies and in particular AI can help deal with all those new challenges and complexities that the energy transition is bringing. So this is a bit of like my intro and I'm very happy to elaborate uh, a bit more um, if you have more questions about it. 
course. Um, I just noticed that you use a very interesting term, energy justice. What exactly yes. does that entail and what does it mean? It's a very new terminology for me. So maybe you could explain a bit about what exactly, what industries does it target and how does it mm-hmm. play out? The idea of energy justice is uh, an idea that, uh, well, predates this digitalization era in the energy sector. It's it's a concept that has been around for more than a decade that kind of like emerged next to the idea of the energy transition because For some people, there were assumptions that perhaps by moving towards a cleaner uh, energy system, we would already fix all the problems related to the energy sector, right? Uh, All the social problems, let's put it that way. But then some researchers, there's a a growing body of literature that is looking into energy justice as as a core concept, as a core idea that should underlie or that should be, you know, at the core of all energy decisions, energy system decisions. So not just in the, in, in, let's say today we're going to be talking a lot about AI and new technologies and how these technologies affect or, or improve or help deal with challenges in the energy sector. But more in general, the energy sector, well, there are lots of different objectives and interests that need to be taken into account when decisions are being made in this very important sector. We all need energy to uh, satisfy basic needs like cooking or heating, etc. So the idea of energy justice is a concept that emerges in social sciences and basically reflects this idea, this need to bring to the energy sector and to decisions regarding the energy sector, more societal and ethical aspects. Because the energy sector, it's a very complex sector. Uh, there, are, Let's say it's quite technology-based and quite infrastructural-based. And uh, it used to, there was a common belief that the main factors that you should take into account when organizing a well-functioning energy sector should be more technical or more economic factors. But these social scientists around a decade ago, they started to yeah look into the idea of how can we bring ethical and social considerations also to the to, to the fore in in the sense that because we're now having this big change coming with the energy transition, how can we make sure that pre-existing injustices are avoided or mitigated when we're moving to a new way of doing things in the energy sector? And how can we prevent also new injustices that arise from these new dynamics coming from the energy transition? So this is like the more general picture of energy justice. In our paper that I referred at the beginning is called AI and Energy Justice. We also highlight that it's important to consider energy justice also in the in this new era of uh, the energy system Uh, which comes with a lot of digitalization and in particular with AI technologies. So in your paper, uh, one of the key ideas is that technical design choices can be relevant for energy justice, or in other words, that the choice of a particular algorithm, model or technique will have different effects on different parties. And obviously, it relates very differently to how energy, the concept of energy justice plays out for them. Can you explain Mm -hmm. why this is the case? Okay, so basically, one of our key or one of our key aims with this paper is reflecting on or looking for what kinds of like concepts or normative frameworks can help us design AI systems for the energy sector in a way that 
that is well responsible and that they good do good things for society. Let's put, that's like the very basic notion, right? So then we use uh, this notion of energy justice that we've been discussing before, and in particular, one of uh, the main understandings of energy justice that uh, sees it as as a triumvirate of tenets or three core ideas that express what energy justice entails. And the first one is distributional justice or distributive justice that refers to the fact that energy-related decisions should take into account uh, a fair allocation of the good things and bad things about, uh, well, energy systems. And that can relate to different things. Like, for instance, uh, can relate to how you divide across uh, the different users and stakeholders um, the costs and benefits from a financial perspective, uh, who pays for what, etc. So one of the core topics under this distributive justice is usually energy poverty, for instance, and also how there can be also barriers to access energy for uh, certain groups of people. Uh, but also other typical examples of distributive justice issues is, for instance, these decisions regarding where you place uh, the infrastructure that you need to obtain energy and how that also can dis- disrupt uh, certain communities. So that's the, the first point. Uh, in terms of procedural justice, then we look at um, how, let's say, the core idea behind it is that there should be equitable access to decision-making processes. So uh, energy is so important for our daily lives and for our basic needs that decisions related to when, how much, and at which price you can obtain energy, of course, are very important. And if, let's say, the more these decisions are delegated to AI systems that are, in some cases, striving for automation, and in many cases, also very complex systems. So then uh, there is the question of how can we uh, make sure that People affected by decisions made with uh, AI systems, for instance, uh, how can they uh, receive enough information about uh, how decisions are made and also how can they challenge those decisions? And another interesting question that uh, that we think it, it hasn't been explored so much is even if different stakeholder groups could also participate in making decisions about how you design technologies from, from the very uh, beginning. So this is these are just a couple of examples of how procedural justice is very important. It's also a very important element uh, when we think about designing AI technologies for the energy sector. And then lastly, we have recognition justice, which refers to the idea that Different stakeholder groups have different needs and rights and positions that should also be taken into account and not just acknowledged, but there should be also respect for that difference in in society and energy decisions should also take into account uh, those particular needs and rights. Yeah, basically what different stakeholder groups can bring to the conversation. So these are the three tenets. And uh, what we do in our paper, because these tenets already exist in literature more in general about the energy justice concept, what we try to do with our paper, I think that's also one of our main contributions, is to bring that framework with these three tenets and perform an exploratory analysis to see how this energy justice framework can help us think about how we can design AI systems for the energy sector in a way that we try to avoid injustices and we try to promote justice. And the example that we use in our paper is based on what is called PV curtailment. 
that's a very fancy name just to refer to the fact that in some cases when there is a lot of congestion in the in the electricity grid for instance the administrators of the energy system they can decide to cut temporarily uh, how much energy you can for instance obtain from your solar panels and well this this decision has a very important impact for consumers right because then you cannot let's say obtain all the energy that normally your PVs would be able to obtain for you but it's then limited to a certain amount and that can that might mean that in some cases you might need to purchase extra electricity so then you have to pay extra for uh, energy costs or that you are prevented from for instance selling uh, your energy and that's that's possible for um, perhaps not so much for consumers but but mostly for companies right so there are important consequences attached to that and in order to kind of like make this important decisions of how much or whose solar panels should be cut down um this system are energy system administrators are making use of ai technologies and and different approaches uh, based on machine learning techniques and what we do in our paper is that we take each of the three aspects of energy justice and look at how for instance depending on how you what kind of data you're using to train your algorithm uh what kind of fairness metric you're choosing uh, to apply for instance to, to decide how much and and who should be affected by the curtailment measure so for instance some uh, authors suggest that we should go for limiting the capacity of solar panels equally for all users but some others are more uh, or they propose to to do it in let's say to recognize that for instance some some companies or larger users they have more solar panels than me at my home and that there should be some kind of like proportionality there so there are lots of different metrics to to measure how um that feed into how the system administrators design their ai system to apply these curtailment uh, measures and basically what we try to do is to use these three tenets of energy justice and and uh, express for instance how um depending on what kind of like metric of fairness you're using you'll uh, affect distributive justice or create injustices in how you distribute the the negative consequences also of pv curtailment in terms of procedural justice for instance the more there are certain ai approaches that are very well suited to deal with very complex data especially for instance in this case we're dealing with weather data like data from lots of sources so they could be very well equipped to deal with uh, the complexity of that data but at the same time they are very opaque and it's very difficult for the well in the end the affected parties to know exactly how the decision was made yeah let's say on the basis of which steps and uh, procedures it was decided that me as an individual consumer should be curtailed in the next amount for instance and then lastly in terms of recognition justice we also yeah highlight that if you apply a certain metric of fairness for instance this idea of curtailing everyone in the same proportion well that doesn't that seems rather equal right or it could seem very equal at first sight but then that kind of metric is not taking into account that the, there might be certain groups that have particular energy needs and that cannot afford being curtailed not even a little bit like for instance the homes for the elderly or medical centers etc so um 
This is uh, in very short, very shortly explained how we try to explain uh, this link between AI and energy justice. And we really stress in our paper that these aspects should be taken into account from the very beginning, like when uh, in this case, for instance, in the energy sector, system administrators are thinking of employing AI uh, systems to help them deal with the complexity, the growing complexity of the of the electricity sector or, or the energy sector more in general, that they should take into account that the data they choose to train their algorithms, the machine learning approach that they use, um, that there are several trade-offs there and that those have important implications for distributive procedural and uh, recognition justice. This is very interesting. Um, speaking of the AI aspect, do you think that the proposed AI Act can help in some way to enhance energy justice in the energy sector? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. So in the paper, when we look at one of our ideas also with the paper, besides thinking how to apply the energy justice concept to AI in the energy sector, what we also try to think is or to explore is yeah, to see to which extent existing or upcoming legal frameworks are already uh, reflecting uh, the this idea of energy justice and if they can already, if we can already find some kind of basis or a guide in in the existing laws or upcoming laws um, that help designers of AI systems for the energy sector to design them in a good way, in a way that justice is enhanced and that injustices are avoided. And then in particularly speaking about the AI Act, what we've seen so far, and okay, we wrote the paper based on the AI proposal. So I would need to check again the, what's the current uh, version uh, or status of the text, but I don't think it changed that much in, in, in a way that affects the, our findings uh, so much. But basically what we saw is that the um, AI Act, of course, is a, is a general instrument that brings lots of new requirements. We argue that to a certain extent, they could help to enhance energy justice in the, in the energy sector, especially regarding these requirements for data uh, governance and what kinds of data and uh, certain measures that you need to take into account to make sure that you don't have bias in your data, et cetera. And for instance, other accountability and transparency mechanisms. So that, that very well connects with the idea of procedural and recognition justice, for instance, that we explore in our paper. However, there is one thing. So interestingly, the AI Act does refer to the energy sector as one of the sectors in which you may have high risk AI systems, which are these systems that receive the most attention actually in the AI Act. But the scope of, let's say, of what kinds of AI systems in the energy sector would be covered by the AI Act, at least in terms of the proposal, that's, that's rather narrow because it only refers to um, I'm trying to remember the exact words, but I think it's uh, um, to safety components of infrastructures that are used, well, in this case, in the energy sector. So it's a rather narrow definition because let's say um, there are other applications of AI in the energy sector. So one application indeed is uh, might be related to the um, the actual physical infrastructures and uh, automation of certain tasks uh, and, and prediction of when you need maintenance, for instance, of the cables and towers, uh, electricity masks, etc. So there, there is a there are some applications there that are directly linked to the physical infrastructures. But 
Well, AI is used in the energy sector in many other ways um, and by many different actors, not just by the infrastructure managers. So then, for instance, we have uh, another example that um, home energy management systems that we can have in our homes and that are recommending us, oh, when should you do your laundry? When should you charge your electric vehicle? This is one example of a use of AI in the electricity sector that would not be covered uh, by the AI Act because it doesn't qualify as a, um, as a high-risk AI system in that sense. So this long story to say that we do see some interesting things in the AI Act that could guide the design of AI um, technologies also in the electricity sector. But unfortunately, the at least the let's say the rules that specifically apply to AI systems in the energy sector are very much the scope of application is very much limited to uses of AI in the infrastructure per se, in the physical infrastructure per se. So it is true that the proposed AI Act encourages uh, other, let's say, yeah, encourages a broader use of those requirements to ensure that we have trustworthy AI. But of course, you don't have really the, um, let's say it's a voluntary, it would be a voluntary application, like developers of AI in the energy sector can use indeed the AI act as a reference, but there is no legal obligation to do so. So that limits a little bit the, you know, how much grip um, the AI act could have in the energy sector and to which extent it could really help enhancing energy justice. I agree with that. I feel like most of us have a lot of qualms about the AI Act and how it translates precisely into such like varying um, sectors. Just for our listeners, this is a paper that we're going to link in the description. Mm -hmm. And in addition to this, Brenda, is there anything else that you have uh, written which can be maybe more palatable towards like new listeners or people who are not very familiar with of the area? Course. Of course. So yeah, indeed, uh, the, the title of our paper is AI and Energy Justice, but we also wrote a blog with my authors. Well, of course, based on the paper, but we tried to make it a bit more accessible uh, to the general public. So we can also link that definitely there. So Brenda, this is super fascinating, and I'm sure there are so many new developments that are going to be coming up in the coming years. And we're very interested to see how you're going to take this area forward as a legal scholar. Um, is there anything in particular that you're working on right now that we can look forward to? Thank you. Thanks for that question and uh, for the nice comments about my research. So yeah, definitely. And this links to one of the last points we were discussing in terms of the AI Act and how much it actually, you know, applies to AI systems in the energy sector. So uh, currently I'm working on a paper together uh, with Middle Norman um, based on, or, or let's say the core idea behind, behind our paper is linking in this case, trustworthy AI and the energy transition. Let's say, of course, the point of departure is very similar compared to the paper that we discussed today. Of course, this idea of uh, the growing use of AI technologies in the energy sector and how can we find frameworks, norms, and different tools just to make sure that these technologies are designed uh, and used in a responsible manner. And perhaps for the people who are not so much familiar with the energy sector, but more familiar with the AI literature, they will recognize that trustworthy AI is perhaps one of the 
you know, uh, best known frameworks to think about how can we design AI technologies in a responsible manner. So we're looking into that and we're looking uh, in particular, let's say, how can we well, initially from a legal perspective, but hopefully we, we also want to expand this, not to just law, but also ethics. How can we use law and ethics to ensure that AI systems uh, that are used in the electricity sector in particular, but also in the energy sector more in general? How can... um they be designed in a way that, okay, besides the initial consideration of, of energy justice, then we also want to take more into account the more traditional values that are embedded in the trustworthy AI framework. So we're, this is still early phases of, of uh, our research. So I cannot tell you more at this point. I, we do know for sure that as I said before, the AI Act will offer only limited uh, guidance or at least, you know, well, voluntarily speaking, there might be a lot to take advantage from in, in the AI Act, but from a mandatory perspective, not so much. So we're particularly curious to know if then in absence of, of very like clear uh, rules in the AI Act for the energy sector, we want to explore whether we need uh, to have a sectoral approach to regulate trustworthy AI. And whether, let's say, that's question one, do we need a sectoral approach? And question two would be, what kinds of elements uh, should that regulatory framework have? Well, thank you so much, Brenda, for being here with us today and for giving us the time and answering all the questions. Uh, I have personally learned so much about the area, and uh, I look forward to all the amazing research you're going to do in the coming years. We indeed live in very exciting times. A lot of the things that we are doing right now have the potential to shape our future. So it's, it's, it's very it's going to be quite interesting to see how this area develops. And once again, thank you. And um Thanks to you. It was great. Thanks also for the nice questions and conversation. And yeah, hopefully we'll have another episode to talk another exciting piece of research. You can follow for more updates from the Digital Legal Lab by visiting the links in the description. Stay tuned for the next episode of Research Conversations. Hey.